Uh, I'm going to open today up with a scripture from 1 Corinthians 9, and everything should kind of paint that same picture of what we heard just a moment ago. And so uh, you can follow along with me on the screen. It says this, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. And this is the end, verse 22. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Let's take a second to pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you again for this morning. We ask that as we dig into your scriptures today, as we dig into your word, that you would make it come alive in our hearts and minds. That God, maybe even as we've heard these things so many times before, you know, for the first time it might sink in in a different way. God, that you might connect those dots that might otherwise have gone disconnected as as we've processed things in this life. And so God, we ask that you would just be here that we would be so aware of your presence and your goodness, and that we would be so receptive to what you're doing here and around the world. So it's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. How were the, how were like the crispy crepes? Did anyone get one? Were they okay? Kind of okay. What about this? Did anyone have the the salted caramel? So I grew up saying caramel. Did anyone else say caramel? I know, right? My wife's from the Deep South. She says caramel because that's how it's spelled. Caramel. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, okay, I look forward to having some of that later. Hey, just real quick before we, before we continue, as you might have gotten an email from me yesterday, there is, a, we were planning on having a potluck today and we tried to get the word out and um, we've had a, a number of kind of close calls with COVID exposure over the past couple weeks. And there was a church just down the road that actually had to close down for the second week because half their staff is in quarantine. And so we're, we just acknowledge what's happening right now and we aren't afraid of it. We're just being wise. And so we're going to reschedule our potluck for another time. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at the virus. Okay. And, <laughs> and um, hopefully that, you know, God will continue to lead us through it as he has. I know he will. So with that said, let's get started. If you're taking notes today, I'd like to spend the rest of our time today really extending what we've already been talking about, discussing this priority and expectation that God has for his people, that we would be a people of mission, a people of mission. And this word mission, which is defined simply as uh, an important goal or purpose that is accompanied by strong conviction. Let me say that one more time. Mission, an important goal or purpose that is accompanied by strong conviction to go and achieve. This word mission today carries a pretty significant range in our world from the San Gabriel mission to um, a business or organizational mission statement, 
from covert missions to rescue hostages to mission tortilla chips, you know what I'm talking about with the salsa, to the greatest possible film series in the history of cinema, Mission Impossible, I love Tom Cruise, I celebrate his entire catalog. Mission is, mission is thrown around everywhere. It's thrown around everywhere, especially in the church. I mean, I remember when I went on my first mission trip. Did anyone ever go on a mission trip when they were in high school? Thank you. So I went on my first mission trip in 10th grade, and we, the youth group, we decided to take a trip down to a community in Tijuana, Mexico, to, um, to help build houses for a number of poor families. And we were there for about a week, no running water, it was a boarding house, no AC, which meant no showers, very rarely brushing teeth. Um, and it's everything that you might want your 10th grader to experience in their life, I know. But listen, it was an incredible time. It was an incredible time to go and see what God was doing in different places. But looking back, let me just say, the work we did there was, was not great. I can't imagine those houses that we built were up to code. I'm just going to say it. I mean, we were high schoolers going to build houses. I can't imagine they're still around. But it was our mission to serve these families. It was our mission. Now, we eventually bid farewell to Tijuana, and we made our way back over the border into San Diego. We stayed at a college that night as we were preparing to leave the next day at the airport. And on the way to the university that we were sleeping at that night, we decided to stop by Old Country Buffet. Has anyone ever heard of Old Country Buffet? Is it still around? Is it still a thing? I know it's kind of like this Ponderosa-style buffet, right? And here's, here's my commitment to you. We were in Tijuana, Mexico for a week. Not one kid got sick. We crossed the border back in, hit the buffet, and all the kids were running for the bathroom. I promise you. <laughs> what a memory. What a memory. But this was my understanding, friends. This was my understanding growing up of mission at the time. And if I'm real honest, after it's all said and done, my assumption was basically us doing them a favor. It was us doing them a favor than feeling real good about how we helped them. That a mission trip was, was a trip that you went on where you left your regular life behind to go and serve the less fortunate, whether it was physically, emotionally, educationally, financially less fortunate, only to eventually bid farewell and return back to your everyday life, but now carrying with it these memories of a job well done. This was my lens for seeing mission practically, and it was pretty much, if I'm being honest, it was all about me. It was all about me and what I experienced. It was a far cry, I would say, from the description I read just a moment ago of this important goal or purpose accompanied by strong conviction to go and achieve this mission. But we see it, we hear it all the time, mission. So all that said, what is exactly does it mean then for us to live out this expectation? What is it, does it mean to be people of mission? Is it that we'd all relocate our lives to France like Zach and and care for French-speaking Africans moving to Marseille? Is it, is it us as a church taking yearly missions trip to Mexico to build interesting homes? Unless Brad, where's Brad? You can be the foreman for this, okay? There, where are you? You're on here somewhere. Hey, Brad, we'll make sure that you're construction expert. Okay. Is it us 
serving and caring for the least fortunate in our own communities. Is mission, is it up to us? Is it up to God? Is it here? Is it there? Or is it possible that there's more to mission than we can possibly imagine? And why does it even matter? Let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, follow me quickly to Matthew 28. We'll also be looking at Acts chapter 1. These moments kind of blend into each other in the scriptures. But before we get there, I just want to I just want to remind you of one thing, one key thing I need you to walk away with, and it's that the title states is that because God expects us, just one thing to remember, write this down, God expects us, his church, to be a people of mission because he is a missional God. God expects us to be a people of mission, whatever that means, because he is a missional God. Let me explain. Ever since the fall in the garden, ever since the fall, when humanity ushered sin into God's perfect creation, ever since the fall, Genesis chapter 3, the very beginning of your Bible, God has been on a mission to bring correction and repair to the brokenness that people caused through injecting himself and his presence back into the world. God has been on a mission of calling humanity back to himself, spare no expense to also the lost world might come to know what it means to be found in him. This is the end game. Revelation chapter 21, this is mission accomplished. And all throughout the scriptures, we see God playing an active role in this mission of where he injects himself back into humanity, back into the world to bring repair and restoration, showing up and moving in ways only he can. God did the work. But we also see in the scriptures that he used and called his people into this mission as well. A people of mission to work in ways only they can. From Adam and Eve to Noah to Abraham to Isaac, Israel, Moses, Joshua, the judges, kings, Deborah, Esther, come on ladies, David, Solomon, the prophets, Jeremiah, Elijah, Elisha, Amos, Nehemiah, all the way up to Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. All throughout history, God has moved and he has also equipped and called people, regular people like you and me for such a time as this, to be as active agents of renewal in the world. A renewal that paved the way for the eventual arrival of God's presence on earth, walking, talking, Jesus the Christ. So... Okay, one more time for good measure, just in case you're new, just in case you're still kind of snacking on those Jordan almonds, I feel you. This is the story, this is the mission. God made the world, it was perfect. We sinned and brought brokenness into creation and separation between God and us. God hated this reality, this is the gospel. God hated this reality, so ever since he has been working to repair the relationship so we can be together again. This is the mission of God. He used people on this mission, along with sending himself directly through the Holy Spirit and the arrival of Jesus. Got it. So here's Jesus. He shows up by way of two, again, regular, unqualified teenage parents. God uses everyone. Amen. 
He arrives through teenage parents to update the expectations for what's possible in the world and the new reality of relationship available through the sacrifice, his death on the cross and his ultimate resurrection. And all of this, this mission, it all happened according to plan. It all fulfilled God's mission and want to once again flood the earth with his glory. So Jesus on mission, crucified, raised from the dead three days later, defeating the power of sin and death on our behalf once and for all to bridge the gap that existed between God and people so that all who believe may not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life forever. This is the promise. But also for all who believe that they might have a missional life for today. It's eternal life forever, but a missional life for today. And this is key. Jesus died so that all who might believe receive the promise of freedom and forgiveness of eternity. Absolutely. But from here to heaven, as people now adopted into this missional God's family, we are now adopted into his mission to be a people of mission and reply. And Jesus breaks down what this looks like, finally, in our scripture, found in Matthew chapter 28 and Acts 1, one of the more quoted scriptures that we see in our Bibles. It's a moment called the Great Commission, or the Great Sending on Mission, followed up by the Holy Ascension. Check this out. Jesus talking to his disciples after 40 days of tying up loose ends post-resurrection. We see this in Matthew 28. Jesus came and told his disciples, here's the plan. Here's the mission going forward, he says this. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling me people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One more time there telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, this is your mission, to go and to make disciples of all nations. In other words, Jesus is saying, you need to go and invite the observing world without boundaries, without priority or prejudice, the observing world everywhere to follow me baptizing them in the whole new way of life and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. This is what Jesus said, until the end of the age. Until the end of the age, which, man, might seem a bit overwhelming, right? But then Jesus, he says, he says that he's sending help. He's sending assistance. Jesus says in Acts 1 that all who believe will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them to be God's people in God's story, to go and tell the whole world about the saving work of Christ, which is again, his mission from the very beginning, Genesis, all the way through Revelation chapter 21. This is his mission, it's not ours. 
It's his mission from the beginning. It's his good work that we are simply saved into because of it, to play our part in it in only ways only we can. I want to say that one more time. As a people of mission, it's not our mission to accomplish. No, it's God's mission, and he will have his way. We are simply saved into it because of it to play our part in it in ways that only we can. Just like the countless generations that came before, faithfully playing their role in this redemption, now it's our turn to be the Tom Cruise in this mission that's possible. You like that? You liked it, right? I know. I wrote that one down, underlined it, because I thought it was really key, okay? Now it's our turn to play our part in a mission, the mission that's guaranteed to find its climactic end with God's glory in eternity, God's presence once again covering the earth for all time. This is the promise we find in scripture and what it means to be God's people. So hopping back to 10th grade for me, just outside the old country buffet, here we go, is mission, is mission taking a trip to Mexico to build houses? Yes. Is mission moving to France to start churches for French-speaking Africans? 100% it is. is. Is mission working as a Bible translator for house churches in China? No doubt, absolutely. But mission is also so much more expensive. And that's because being a people of mission isn't limited to a prescription for what we must do, but rather mission is a distinction for who we must be. It's not, a, it's not a prescription for what we must do to check boxes, but rather it's a distinction for who we must be. Scripture calls us citizens of heaven. All who believe citizens of heaven that more than any other descriptor, we are called to be defined by our destination. We are citizens and people of heaven. And this makes us distinct in the world today because it sets us on a different course, chasing after different objectives and enlists us in a different mission. Tasked with carrying the good news of Jesus out into the world that needs it most. So all might come to know and believe and be saved. This is the mission, Matthew 28 into Acts chapter one for the church because of our strong conviction, because of our strong conviction that we would go everywhere, bring the message of Jesus to everyone in ways only we can. This is the mission, to go everywhere and bring the message of Jesus to everyone in ways only we can. Which, all right, in our 21st century brains, I think some, what, what he was talking about earlier about the globalization of the world, some of this doesn't seem that far-fetched in our 21st century brains, especially considering how we can take our little phone hand computers out and message across the world in a matter of seconds. But for those sitting with Jesus, hearing this in Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1, this must have been absolutely mind-blowing for two primary reasons. First, because the, the majority of humanity in the first century, if you were born in the first century, where you were born is where you lived is where you died. 
This was the reality. There were no cars or trains or planes to instantly carry you to all nations or to all people. And so for Jesus to say that the mission is to go and and share the message everywhere, this was a legit challenge and a real sacrifice for those listening. Secondly, the, the, the sending on mission challenged their preconceived ideas of who was welcome to the salvation of God. Because up until this point, salvation and position in God's family was pretty much exclusively reserved to the people of Israel. That would exclude just about everyone in this room. It was to the Jews that God identified and called his family. But now Jesus, he's here, Matthew 28, Acts 1. And he is saying to go everywhere to everyone without exceptions. For God so loved the whole world, which again must have been so crazy for them to process. That God's love was no longer exclusive to a bloodline, but rather inclusive to anyone and everyone willing to confess Jesus as Lord. For you and for me, for sinners and saints, for rich and poor, for those far and near, this is the mission of God. And he is doing the work and he will finish what he started. He will finish what he started, but this is where you come in, where I come in. As crazy as this sounds, God will do the work, but God chooses and wants to do the work with you. God wants to make himself known through you. God wants his glory to shine through you. God wants to inject his presence back into the world through you as one filled with his Holy Spirit. And this is, this is our role within the mission of God. And really, this is the only expectation God has for you and for me, is that you would be filled by his spirit and then go to show the world what God is like in ways that only you can. To the people that God puts in front of you in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, which simply means wherever you call home. Judea is the region, let's call it SoCal. Samaria is where, where those places that you choose, uh, Samaria, which are those places you would go out of your way to avoid, if that makes sense. Where Jerusalem is home, Judea is the region. Samaria are the places that you intentionally try to avoid, and we all have those in our mind. The places where you're driving and you lock the doors. And then all the way to the ends of the earth, Mexico, Marseille, and beyond. And if you consider this list, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, it pretty much means everywhere. It means everywhere to all people. We need to be a people of mission, carriers of God's presence everywhere, at work, at school, at the bank, on vacation, at church, at the car wash, getting groceries, we're on mission, friends, we're on mission in our marriages. We're on mission while we're dating. The mission doesn't stop on social media. We're on mission while we're taking walks. 
We're on mission in our internet search history. We're on mission with how we spend our money. The mission of God is all inclusive, everywhere, all the time, for everyone. To show the world what he is really like from start to finish. And what's so beautiful, I think, about this mission that God is inviting us into is that, and I've said this before, God wants us to participate in ways that we are unique to do. God didn't expect Joshua to do what Moses did. God didn't want John the Baptist to do what Esther did. God didn't even want Paul to do what Barnabas did. No, God made us all unique with passions and friendships, audience and talents, so we might carry God's presence into places and to people only we can, but we would do it together. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us going wherever God takes us to share his good news with whoever's there. It's not about our comfort. Sorry, it's not about our preferences. It's not... It's not about anything that we hold on to so tightly. It's all about Jesus and his mission, which is exactly what we heard a moment ago from Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, right? I want to read it one more time to let it sink in. It says this. It says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. And I love this. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in his blessings. And this is really it. This is what it means to be a people of mission. Even though I am free, even though you are free as an American and as those saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, even though we are free, we become a slave a slave to bring many to Christ. I lay everything I once held dear, everything I once thought to find me, everything that I used to rely on to bring me comfort and peace and purpose. Paul is saying, I lay it all down, everything, to bring many to Christ. I lay everything down. When I am with those like me, who share my theological perspectives or people that are so different from me and grew up in a very different way. Verse 22, he says, I just try to find common ground, doing anything I can to save some, to spread the good news of God's mission, God's gospel, and to share in his blessing. This is the dream that God has for his church and what it looks like for us to be a people of mission. There are no borders. It's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There are no borders to God's mission. There are no ins and outs. Jesus died for Republicans and Democrats. Jesus died for citizens and illegal immigrants. Jesus died for gay and straight, black and white soccer moms and Scientologists, friends. There are no ins or outs. Jesus died so the whole world might repent 
and believe and come to experience the fullness of his presence. And this is the mission of God from beginning to end, the mission that he is inviting us into. But man, that can be a challenge. It can be really hard for me to have a heart for someone I disagree with. It can be a real challenge for me to want to go and carry God's goodness to people that have harmed me or wronged me. It can be really hard to want to go and carry God's goodness to people that have let us down or inconvenienced me or scare me or challenge the way I see the world or challenge what I think is appropriate or normal. It can be so hard to be a people of mission when the world keeps telling us to choose a side, right? It's such a partisan world, but the good news, the good news I have for you today is that we are not alone in the fight. God has given you himself. And I I want you to wrap your head around this for a second. God has already brought you to the end. God has already given you his presence. If you are a Christian, then you have already experienced what God promises to bring for the end. God is with you. God is living in you as the Holy Spirit. And not just as a passport to heaven, but as an active roadmap and an active power supply for bringing heaven here as we go. For all who believe God's mission is already accomplished in you. Think about that. Man, that's heavy. For all who believe God's mission is already accomplished in you. But now God wants to use you to accomplish his mission in someone else. God wants to use you in your life to help accomplish his mission in the world. And he's given you everything you need. He has given you his story and his spirit. He's given you the gospel and the power of God. He has given you everything you need. So let us be a church defined by our destination, committed to the redemptive mission of God on earth. Amen. Amen. Let us be a community determined to play the long game, filled with the power of the Spirit to carry the message of Christ from Judea, Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, to anywhere and anyone. Amen. Amen. And finally, let us be a people together. We're in this together. Let us be a people together that choose to humbly lay our lives down on the altar before God that we might find common ground, common ground to leech the lost with the message of Christ. This is the mission that saved us, all of us, so we might enlist in the mission to save others. This is the mission that saved us, so we might enlist in the mission to save others others. So open your eyes, friends. Open your eyes to see where God has you. Because where you are is where God has you to reveal his glory to the world. There are no boundaries. There are no exceptions. Open your eyes to see the people around you, the people God put in your way to show and tell the good news of Jesus. 
This is the way and always has been until the mission is finally accomplished. So let us follow him as a people of mission. Amen? Amen. Well, as we close today, I want to invite the band back up. They're going to lead us in one closing song. Thank you, team, for leading us. It's just so sweet. It's such a sweet time. But as they do, um, in this moment, there are two things I'd like for you to consider as we prepare to sing. And that is, first, I want you to picture all the places you go. And you can just take a moment, close your eyes if you want, or just imagine. Get out your, uh, your photo library on your phone and start to swipe back at all the places you've been. Picture all the places that you go. Starting after church today, maybe you're going to grab some lunch with friends. All those places into Monday, you, you go to work. Tuesday, you hang with friends. Wednesday, soccer practice, whatever it is. Picture all the places you go. Now imagine all the ways that God wants to use you in those places to share his story in ways only you can, through your kindness, through your patience, through your generous tipping of the servers who have had a hard season with COVID. Through all the flexibility in your schedules of things have to be rearranged again. Think, think about all the ways that you could stand in the gap and stand up for what's right and give unearned compassion to anyone that needs it. Just think of all the places you'll go and what God wants to use you for to make himself known in those places. Just imagine for a second how you might be able to reflect the love of God as you walk out these doors, as you get in your car, this is the mission of God. Now, second thing I want you to think about. With the power of God's spirit and his presence within you, think about all the people you might encounter along the way that could seriously just use some good news. Good news that you know and have the ability to share. So just picture for a second the barista at your Starbucks or at your at your coffee shop. Picture the grocery store clerk that's trying to make sense of all these mask mandates. Picture your pharmacist with the line out the door trying to figure out how to treat these symptoms. Picture the police officer that pulls you over for texting while you're driving. Picture all those people that God literally loves to death, desperately searching for meaning and love. And now picture how God wants to use you and your life to make an introduction. This is the mission of God. Whether you are building houses, starting churches, working in Hollywood, pouring coffee, baking cakes, this mission, it isn't defined by what you do, but rather the movement of God while you're there. So let us be a people of mission. It's God's mission, he'll do the work. He will finish what he started, he will be faithful it's just our job to show up, to show the world what God is like in ways only we can. God will do the work. We just gotta make ourselves available. We have to be willing to be interrupted. We have to be willing to, to open our eyes to see beyond the, the standards that we have placed on others. So the world might come to know and believe and be saved. And yes, we need to open our mouths. We need to tell the story of Jesus. We do. 
We need to make sure that when we open our mouths to tell the story of Jesus, our lives support what we're talking about. And this is the mission of God. So I wanna pray for you in just a second, but I want you to know that I love you. I'm so grateful to be your pastor. I believe the best is yet to come as we step into this season as church people. The best is yet to come as we begin to see our lives as true missionaries for what God is doing in the world. As he works to seek and save the lost, to inject his presence back on earth for good. And this is the end. This is the end that we are awaiting. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful that you love us. I don't know why you'd ever trust us to work and to carry and enlist in your mission, but you do and you wanna use all the stuff that we have experienced, all the places that we have been, God, you wanna use those for your glory to go and show these places what, what you're really like. God, there are so many misconceptions about you in the world. There are so many fallacies, so many lies that people believe about who you are. If they only really knew the love and the mercy and the compassion and the grace that you have for the world. So God, let us be carriers of that message. Give us the courage, God, open our eyes, soften our hearts, give us lives of compassion, both here in our homes, in our region, God, in the places we would never want to go, God, call us there to show your love and around the world, God, wherever you take us. Help us begin to see our lives, not as ours, but God, but as just contributing factors to the mission of God on earth. Just one step at a time, Jesus. Lead us. So we love you, God, and we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for all the work that Zach is doing in France. We thank you for all the, the missionaries that we support here as a church. But God, I, more than anything, I just, I'm so grateful that you're, that you're stirring in our hearts a greater love and a greater ambition to be your people out wherever you have us until you bring us somewhere else. So God, give us a heart to be a people of mission. We love you and it's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen, amen. Sing this with us. You're real, you're good, your love endures, you're faithful. You're real.